Yeah. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Good evening. This is Pastor Lester Hayes, Pastor Sharon and Lester Hayes down here in Tallahassee, Florida, coming at you tonight. Amen. Uh, by way of Tuesday night Bible study and extension from our Monday night River of Life Bible study with pastors Thomas and Joe Rich. Amen. And the River of Life family up there in that northern sector. Amen. And holding things down for the Lord. So we just thank God tonight for this unified effort that we bring a quality teaching to the people of God that they may be built up and encouraged and edified in the word of God that we all can work in ministry together at our different levels of calling. Amen. That God has called us to. And so we thank God we wouldn't take nothing for this to be able. Now that the doors of the church are closed to us, we can still have fellowship. Amen. And pray and study the word together and encourage each other. Amen. And share insights and comments and responses to the teaching. And so it's a beautiful thing that God has done. And we don't take it for granted tonight. So again, welcome all of you tonight to the Tuesday night Bible study and prayer. Uh, thank God for last night. Wonderful word taught by Pastor Thomas Rich last night and wonderful comments that were made. And all of us were just blessed uh, last night because of that. So again, thank you, uh, Dr. Rich, for the word last night. Amen. Fed our souls. And uh, tonight we're going <clears> to <throat> come and try to share some things with you uh uh, to hopefully be able to just encourage us. We're living in a very dark time period right now. Uh, the only light that we have that, that, that can do us any good is the light of the gospel. And we got to let the light of the gospel enter into this dark age, this dark season that we're in so that we can still see Christ Jesus in the midst of everything and how he's still working things out together all around us for our good. And so we thank the Lord tonight. <clears throat> Amen. For his word that it, as it enters our hearts, our minds, our lives, uh, you know, it brings light that we can see. Amen. And so we give him praise, glory and honor tonight for the word that we're going to study tonight. Amen and amen. So let's go ahead and um, pray and get in this word tonight. Uh, just so excited tonight uh, about what God is doing. Amen. So let's pray. Father God. We come to you tonight in the precious, awesome, amazing, incredible name of your son, Jesus, your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We come to you tonight in love and spiritual harmony and unity, the spirit of unity. And as one voice crying out to you, Lord, for your help in these dark hours that we're living in, for your wisdom and your words of knowledge and your vision, God, that we might be able to see you in the midst of everything that's going on. We pray tonight for your divine intervention, your guidance, your direction into the affairs of our nation that are many right now and the rest of the world uh, at large. Uh, we pray tonight for your forgiveness of our sins and the healing of our land uh, that is wounded and hurting right now and struggling and in trouble if Christ don't intervene. And so we pray, God, for the healing of our land in Jesus' name. We pray uh, tonight in confidence and our hope uh, that by faith that you would hear our prayers and answer them and show us great and mighty things that we know not of. And we pray it and ask it according to your word, Lord, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3 of the King James Bible. We pray that we as a nation would humbly come 
together in the bonds of peace and in the spirit of unity for the greater good of humanity, that you might command a blessing on all of us as you see our unity. Thank you, Father, for our eyes that they are able to behold on Monday night, Lord God, as we saw the DNC kickoff of the Democratic Convention, we saw the hand of God move on all of those speakers as they ministered to the people, oh Lord God. We, we, we thank you for what our eyes beheld, what we saw and what we heard. And we even thank you for the prayer uh, that was prayed in support of it on Monday evening. We thank you for the awesome word that we received that encouraged us as all of that was going on. And even tonight as we come, we pray that uh, this level of spiritual unity that we witness will continue to grow and increase and bring a unified vision for all Americans and all America and for the rest of the world as we're going forward now to become uh, a contagious people. Lord, let this unity, spirit of unity that we saw, let it now break out like a new day dawning and become contagious even beginning tonight as we open up this word. We thank you tonight, Lord God, for the rest of the week as, as they continue to come together for this uh, convention. We're praying, God, that in the name of Jesus, that it would just continue to grow and increase according to your word that we read in the book of Psalms, chapter 133, verses 1 through 3, the King James Bible, that when you see unity, that unity that's like the oil that ran down, the dew that ran down on Aaron's beard, like the dew of Harmon, God, we just pray for forgiveness and healing for our nation and our world tonight. We pray uh, all those that are in authority in kings and, and, and those that are in authority in other countries, oh God, no matter what uh, the, the situation might be, God, we pray tonight for all authority tonight so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life and, and, and peaceable lives and all godliness and honesty according to your word in the book of First Timothy chapter 2. The, uh, verse 2 of the King James Bible, we pray for your righteousness that it would exalt our nation and every nation on the planet of earth and that our sins, oh God, it, it, you know, will be forgiven, Lord God. We pray tonight, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, that uh, you would just uh, allow us tonight to hear your voice as you speak to us, to us tonight from your word. We just pray tonight, God, for that word of knowledge, that word of wisdom, that will unify us, that will bring us closer together, strengthen us as I lift up every family that is on this phone call tonight that's represented. Thank you for the uh, responses, the, the, the testimonies that we've already heard tonight. Thank you for the healing that's taking place tonight with our brother Kelvin and even in my own life. Thank and praise you for everyone that's on this line tonight that's dealing with any type of uh, illness, infirmity, sickness, disease, emotional stress, anxiety, PTSD, traumatic brain injury, cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, physical uh, ailments in their limbs and joints, arthritis, anything, God, right now, God, that is causing your people to be infirmed. We pray that with the stripes of Jesus that they will be relieved of it tonight. And we just thank you for sending your word. And I declare the word of healing over everyone that's on this line tonight. We know of people tonight that we've been praying for on last night and previous nights for healing tonight, God. And we pray it in the name of Jesus that with your stripes, we declare tonight that they're already healed. And we give you praise, glory, and honor for what we're about to hear, what we're about to receive and proceed tonight, God. We're going to be better 
I pray even now over the comments, oh God, as they come forth tonight, let them be targeted, let them be poignant, and God, let them be edifying and encouraging to us as we give out the word. We give you the praise, the glory, and honor for it right now in Jesus' wonderful name. Give us ears to hear, heart to receive, and eyes to behold and see wondrous things from your plan of salvation as we hear this word tonight. Bless all of the ministers and pastors and clergy and leaders. Uh, evangelists, God, apostles that are on the line tonight that will benefit from this word as we publish it on our podcast. We just give you all the praise, the glory, and honor for those 45 platforms that are going to receive this later, for all those thousands of, 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 of plays that will play this and listen to this and be edified by this. We just thank you for it now, God, in Jesus' name. Let your word go out and never come back void. In Jesus' name, we give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the honor. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you tonight uh, as I was uh, asking for prayer last night. um, I was so blessed to see what I saw. And even as I went back last night, as I got off the call and uh, looked at some of the reruns of the kickoff of the DNC campaign campaign. that they kicked a convention that they kicked off last night. And uh, two themes jumped out at me that were so powerful and made such an impression on me. And it's, uh, you know, we are, we are to be commended for how we have been praying for these areas to manifest themselves and show up. And, uh, and, and that is the area of leadership and the area of unity. And uh, I saw how powerful uh, those two, uh, I call them blessings from God, are when people uh, from across aisles, from from different diverse backgrounds, uh, color of skin and, and ethnicity, when they can all come together and set aside all their differences and differences and set that aside and get a unified on one cause, you can see some power just, just manifest itself. And that's what I saw last night. And so I'm going to teach a little bit tonight uh, it was been in my notes from way back when, when we started, when we started talking about how God was going to do a new generation, uh, raise up a new generation of people in this generation. And we see him beginning to do that in this political cycle right now. And it's so obvious. You cannot deny that it's God that's doing it. Amen. Because he's all about unity and he's all about leadership that represents him. The greatest leader there is when you're caring for his people. And that's what it's all about. Amen. Because he said that that you do to the least of them, you do also unto me. And so that's my theme tonight. I want to talk tonight from a subject, the power of unity and leadership makes any nation great. And we've been talking about now for about four years, making America great again. But they left off the part about unity and leadership Uh, that should have been in front of that powerful statement when it was made. But as we can see for four years, it hadn't gained any traction. But I saw some traction last night. I saw that if we can write this this course that we're on by putting some unity and some leadership in front of making America great, not only America, but people will look to America again and as a great nation. And the world can become better because of our unity, our example of unity and our leadership as we've always been known for and feared and reverent for and reverence for. And so I, I saw the, I saw just <clears throat> for a brief moment last night, as I heard all those speakers, I heard Republicans speaking 
for Democrats and how they were going to abandon the course that they were on right now just to vote with the Democrats because they saw the unity. They heard the unity in the message and the campaign speeches. And I said, my God, God will make even your enemy be at peace with you. He'll even take the foolishness of your enemy and confine the wise on the other side of the aisle. And so God is amazing how he do things when we know that the devil wants to come in and divide and conquer and destroy people and isolate people and have one individual running around thinking he's an island all within himself. But there is so much power and strength and unity. And we saw that last night. And I just pray, man, that 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 it, that God would strike a blaze behind it and it would begin to burn in people's heart right now that have been divided against each other been bound by hate and, 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 and all kinds of evil and wicked, toxic rhetoric, and that they'll understand uh, what they really heard last night, I believe, was the voice of God speaking to the world about what, what, what unity can do and, and what uh, leadership can come out of unity. Amen. And, and, and leadership can bring about unity. Amen. Instead of dividing us, it can bring us together. And so I just wanted to preface what I'm going to say tonight about that. And uh, the scripture text I want to come from tonight, everybody probably know this scripture. It's over in the book of Psalms, chapter 133, verses 1 through 3, the King James Bible. And it reads, behold, in other words, God is saying, behold, it's like an alarm going off there. It's like uh, breaking news, you know, bam, God's getting ready to say something that's very important there. David is getting ready to write something that should inspire you right there that, you know, being a leader, you know, David should be saying things that's going to inspire people, that's going to influence people, that's going to get people's attention, that's going to cause them to do a see law, stop what they're doing. Focus your attention right now. Get focused about what is getting ready to be said. So right off the bat, man, he makes a breaking news uh, a statement here. Behold, you no, know, this is important. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Man, what a powerful coming out statement for a leader to make. You know, he's telling the people, no doubt there was division in that camp. No doubt there were people trying to kill David, get rid of David, trying to divide the people against David. That's how power is sometimes, you know. People sometimes, man, uh, when they're jealous and envious of you, man, they'll try to create uh, strife and confusion and, and divide and conquer, you know. And this is kind of what has happened in this nation and in the world, matter of fact. We could be so much more better off. One thing I know, it'll attract the goodness of God and it'll become a pleasant place for us to live on because God put us here because he wants all of his creation to enjoy everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's given us that inalienable right from our creator that we may be able to pursue a quality of life. Amen. That we can make it better for our families, you know, and that we can enjoy all that God has given us here. But he says, behold, how good and pleasant it is. You know, when we all can come together, amen, and have that one thing in common, that unity, uh, amen, that God desires. Not that not that unity where we just, you know, friendly with our friends and, and we, we got certain picks and, you know, certain party affiliations and that kind of stuff, certain clubs and all of that. But God is no respect the person. He wants national unity. He wants national leadership that would trickle down just like we're seeing right now in Davis, uh, Davis assessment here in Davis observation. And he said, it is like the precious ointment upon the head. I love that upon the head. If you can understand, amen, the concept of the head, 
get get in get caught up in David's vision here. David is looking outside of the box here. He's thinking about in the beginning was God and the word was God and the word was with God. And he he's seeing that God, the Son, and the Spirit was all dead together and they were one. Matter of fact, you couldn't see no difference. You saw nothing but unity. And it ran down, okay, on all of creation. That that spirit of unity ran down on everything that they made. It was in perfect harmony with God. It was in perfect unity with God. It wasn't until the book of Genesis, the third chapter, verse 15, when the serpent came in and divided them against God and divided them against each other and conquered them momentarily until the second man, Adam, had to come back in, you know, and try to do some repair work because of the disunity, the dishonesty, the disharmony that have fallen on Adam and Eve at that point. And so Satan is the same one today that comes around, old serpent, trying to divide, trying to conquer, trying to separate, trying to isolate so he can come in and destroy because anything divided against itself, it will not stand. It'll fall and great will be the fall of it. But we see even in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. They were in perfect unity and it flowed down on creation because everything that he made, he created it in the image and likeness of Christ. You know, and he told us to now go and repentance the earth, after, reproduce and repentance the earth after your own kind. People that will walk in perfect harmony and perfect unity. Amen. In the spirit of God. Amen. The spirit of unity in Christ. And we know it got messed up through Adam's sin. It was broken. Division came in and they were divided against God and it had to be fixed. And so the, 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 the second man, Adam, uh, came in. He's also the last man, Adam. And so today he's still trying to get us uh, unified until we all come into the unity of the faith and into the full stature of the knowledge of who he is. In other words, what Paul is saying in the book of Ephesians at the fourth chapter, he's saying until we all come into the unity of the faith, how are we going to do that? That by that, that each member of the body, that multi-member body has something that you can supply to the body that the body may edify itself in love. Many member body may edify itself in love where there's one head, meaning God, there's one spirit, there's one faith, there's one baptism. Amen. You know, and everybody is supposed to supply something to that body that God has put in you that the body of Christ may edify itself in love. And we do it until we all come into the unity of the faith. What, what faith, Pastor? The faith that we preach, that unifying gospel message that is, is, is a universal gospel for everybody. There's no other gospel. It's that gospel. That's the one and only inspired word of God. And he said, that's the faith that we preach. And it's until everybody had a chance to hear it until we come into the unity of that faith that we preach. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. And without faith, you can't please God. You can't be unified with God without faith because God is about faith. And he want to see our faith and then the works follow after our faith, you know. And so he says, you know, until we come into the unity of the faith and into the full stature of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In other words, we want what's in heaven and what's on earth to perfectly line up with each other, that there is a perfect vertical alignment. So when God looks down here, 
Yes, he sees heaven on earth. Where does he see it at? In us. He sees the kingdom of heaven in us. Just like we read in the book of Luke chapter 17, verse 21. He says, the kingdom of heaven does not come with low here, low there, looking all over the place. He said, it's already within you who God is, you know, what God can do, what he did and what he promises to do. That power, that, that, that is already in you because we are one with Christ when we give our life to him. So there's unity there. You know, we join in all that God gave him. He prayed in the book of John chapter 17. He prayed that, Father, all that you give me, I pray that you keep them. Keep them where? Keep them in perfect unity, Lord. You know, keep them in perfect unity. Keep them in perfect unity of what I taught when I was there. So that when it's time for them to do that work, they're not doing a different work. They're doing the exact same work I did because they're now in the unity of the faith. The spirit of God has brought them into the unity of the faith, you know. And so they're my voice in the earth now in the book of First uh, John chapter Four verse 17 says, as he is, so are we in the earth. You know, so are we in the earth. So we're perfectly lined up. Amen. And so that's that unity that he's talking about. He says, like the precious ointment on the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. Now you have to understand here and we're talking about unity and we're talking about leadership. And so you see the psalmist here calls for unity. But then he uses a, 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 an analogy here that the Jewish people and the people that was there understood exactly where he was coming from because Aaron was a priest. Amen. And they had so much regard and so much respect for priests because they stood in the anointing. And, they, and, and, it's, and this is, this is, this is uh, symbology here that they understood. And look at what he's saying here. He says, until that anointing that was on Aaron, the priest, okay, everything Aaron was supposed to touch, he was supposed to anoint it with oil so that it would run down. And they were used to this, you know, and I love this analogy that he uses here. He said it was like that oil that ran down on his skirts as the dew of Hermon. Now, you have to understand the dew of Hermon. You have to picture in this region where they were living at. There was a misty dew every morning that they could see on the mountains. And it just kind of like it just bathed the mountains. It's kind of like it just descended on the mountain. It just moved down the mountains. And they knew exactly what David was referencing when he said that. <clears throat> and he was trying to get them to behold and understand that when God see unity, that's how he blesses them. Just like that dew is coming down, you know, and he wanted all of them to see this picture to get this picture together and be unified just like that get up underneath this priesthood don't you be out there trying to be an outlier trying to do your own thing come underneath this umbrella come underneath this priesthood why you are a royal priesthood you are a holy nation under god you are a peculiar people you know you are a chosen generation you know, he's calling us to become into unity in that faith right there. You know what he's called us to out of darkness into his marvelous light that we are to show forth the praises of him that have called us out of darkness and placed us into his marvelous light. I told you, we don't walk in darkness that we in the light of the gospel. We can see. And this is what uh, Moses, this is what David is trying to get them to see that it was that 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 unity when God sees it is just like that. It's just like that do. OK, that was ascending on that mountain. That's how that anointing is when everybody comes together and get under that leadership, you know, get under that one leadership, which Christ is the head of the church. Remember, one God, one faith, 
one baptism. Not everybody out there doing their own thing. And this is what he's saying here. When God sees that, that everybody is rightly, knitly, fitly joined together. Now God can command that blessing, especially when we become one voice crying out to him, you know, saying the same thing, believing the same things, doing the same things, all to the glory of God, serving one God, honoring one God, one spirit leading, guiding and directing us, which is the Holy Spirit, not your spirit, not the spirit of flesh, not somebody else's spirit. It's amazing to me sometimes how people say, I, I just want the spirit of my apostle. I want the spirit of my prophet. I want the spirit of my pastor. Well, that's not the, the that's good to want that, because even over in the book of Exodus, I want to say the third chapter, the Lord told Moses to bring the elders out anyway. And and uh, he said it's one thing that they lacked. They did not have Moses spirit, but he wasn't telling them that Moses spirit more important to you than his spirit. He was just simply saying it just makes a difference when you get underneath that anointing like like uh, like David is writing here about Aaron. You know, Aaron was a priest. He was Moses's brother. He was anointed to be a priest. He was a priest. He was recognized as a priest. And so David is making reference here to that. Amen. Got too many people out there doing their own thing. And he says, upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. When God looked down at those people and saw that they were willing to follow uh, Moses, they were willing to follow Aaron, his, pre his priest, uh, priestly duty, his leadership, boom, we got all of them going in the right direction, the same direction. Even though you had the spirit of Korah out there trying to run interference, you always got that spirit to try to come and divide. It's all over there in the book of Exodus. You know, that spirit was there too, you know, but there was also a unifying spirit there too because it came with leadership. Moses provided the level of leadership. Aaron provided a, a level of leadership. Now remember, Moses told God, I don't speak that well. He said, well, you got Aaron, the priest. You know, he can speak for you. He's eloquent. He speaks well. See how God unified those two talents and those two skills to accomplish one purpose? That's what God is all about. He's about bringing it because one can put a thousand to ten thousand. You know, one is better than, I mean, two is better than one. And when two or three get together in his name, there he is in the midst. He want to be a part of that unified triangle, too. You know, and when he sees that, he's welcome to come because he sees us coming together. There's no division. God is pleased to come and be a part of that. You know, you know, he's not going to come in no divided house. You know, he wants us to be on one accord, one voice crying out to him. One God worshiping, one God having faith in one God, one faith, one baptism, you know. And so we see it right here, you know, and he says it's right there that God command the blessing even life forevermore. And I love what he talks about here uh, when he talks about Zion. OK, Zion here is talking about uh, the body. OK, talking about God's body, the church. You can say the church because we are the body of Christ. We make up the body of Christ. And he says, you know, upon the mountain of Zion. So that anointing should be upon God's body. One body, many members. So that anointing should be upon God's body. Why? He's the head of the church. He's the founder of the church. So the anointing of God should come down from God right on the church, right on down on every member of the church. It's not just on. Uh, it may be on your leader, man or woman of God, after God's own heart, pastor. But it shouldn't stay there because it's not just for them. It's to destroy the yoke that's on the people that's within the building, within Zion. You know, and that's what the purpose of the anointing is. And it's, the anointing is also there to teach us. It's God's anointing to teach us how to be one, how to be unified, you know, how to be, you know, how to, how to lead, 
That's what the anointing does. Teaches us how to lead, you know. You know, as a believer, you can lead if you're anointed to lead. You don't have to stand behind a title to lead, you know. But it's difficult sometimes when you don't want to be under authority to be led. You want to try to get out there and be an authority. It's strange to you. You know, there's no anointing in that. But when you have been under a, a authority and you've helped someone in authority to fulfill a vision that God has given them, there will come a time of release when God will release you with the anointing to go and carry the vision forward because the person that you were under might not be able to continue to carry it. Moses said, hey, you know, I, I need someone to go with me and speak for me. And God provided his brother Aaron, you know, and Aaron was anointed. Moses was anointed. God anoints all of us to be able to do the task that he's called us to do, you know. But we have to be in the right place lined up so that we're in. When God looks down, he sees a representative of heaven in us, Zion. And now he can take that anointing and let it just go down on everybody, man, that's under that authority, that's in that house with us, that's on, that's on one accord. Just like us on this line tonight, all of us are here tonight for one purpose. Even though we may be from different backgrounds right now, there is an anointing. There's a corporate anointing. That is available on Monday night. It's available on Tuesday night for what we're doing right now on, on Monday and Tuesday night. There is an anointing available and you will be able to take this anointing that's coming down right now from, from God the Father, right down on Jesus, right down on Zion, which is the body of Christ, right down on the under shepherds, which is Pastor Rich and Pastor Joe and myself and anyone else that's in leadership. And it just goes right on down so that when we share with you and impart to you, it's an anointing that comes with it. And it's not for you to walk around and say, I'm anointed, or I got Pastor Thomas Richard anointing, or Pastor Joe anointing, or Pastor Lester's anointing. No, it's for you to be able to go help somebody destroy some yokes off their life. If it destroyed the yoke off your life, you should be willing to do that. But you have to have that clear understanding of what that anointing is for. And when God sees that, he commands that blessing right there. Blessings for the nation is as a result of our national unity and our national leadership and our national strength and greatness as we are beginning to see take place in America right now. We're getting ready here a few days from now, a couple of months. We're going to have an election and some things are going to change. It's the beginning to unfold right now. In other words, I see the anointing of God right now. It's coming down on us who have been coming together and praying and it ain't staying on us. It's working in the atmosphere. It's working in the earth realm. Some yokes are being destroyed right now. And people are finally realizing right now we cannot sustain this course of division and hatred, you know. And that anointing of God is showing up on us who gather together with one common purpose. We're praying. And it's not only us. It's leaving away from us and it's going out there right now, man, and it's destroying the yoke of people. And people are beginning to look, realize, except we come together, unless we come together, that indictment from God, that ought that God got against us, it will remain and it will destroy us. The only uh, solution is for us to come together. And that's what God is always about, bringing people together, you know. Bringing people together because one can put a thousand and two, ten thousand, you know, you know, two is always better than one. And, when, and you can't walk together except you agree. And God is all about agreement. You know, if you touch and agree is asking anything of the father, two people, 
He said, you know, I would do that thing you asked me to do if you believe and don't doubt in your heart. I saw some coming together. I saw an Ohio governor who used to be a staunch critic of the Democrats speaking on the behalf of the Democrats. And he gave a justifiable reason. And he's supposed to be a man of faith. I said, some anointing got on that man. Opened his eyes. And he said, I can't sustain, continue to support them lies. So he broke away. And he unified with a good cause. And I'm not saying any of those people are perfect, but I'm just saying you got to see God in the midst of this, bringing people together from across those different lines that that divide us. And he said, I would rather have this nation working together. And when he can bring people together like that, I'm going to tell you what I prayed today was that it would become contagious as I prayed tonight, that it would get on others and it'll open their eyes and they'll be able to behold and see. You know. That if we continue to be divided against ourselves, you know, we're all going to fall in that ditch together and be destroyed. Because that's what division would do. That's a setup from the adversary. You know, divide and conquer, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. And I ain't pointing no fingers tonight. I know Satan comes to divide. Jesus says, Satan, your adversary comes but for to kill and for to steal and for to destroy. That's in the book of John chapter 10, verse uh, verse 10. But Jesus said, but I come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. The more abundant life he's talking about is that life that he's going to command when he sees unity. He's going to command a blessing, even life forevermore. You know, but he has to see that unity. And I believe he's seeing it right now. And I believe uh, he's getting ready to release that new restoration that he promised us. Over in the book of Psalms uh, says uh, blessings come to every house of God where there is unity. These kinds of blessings are to be enjoyed by everyone in the house. Not some people, but everyone. Get them people out of them cages down on that border so they can enjoy life. They are part of God's plan. They are part of it. He wants them to be a part of this thing. America in the world, you know. The blessings enjoyed is life. The blessings enjoyed is life. More abundant life for everybody. You know, there's blessings in Zion. You know, that's, that's what I just, I, I just, I'm so concerned right now about the church because we're, we're not doing a whole lot because we're not in the building, but we should have never depended on the building to bring life. But the people in the building are the ones who give life. You know, it's not the building. Ain't no life in the building. We are the living organism, the breathing believers in the building, you know, and we give life because we've been given life, you know, but it takes unity to release that life, you know, that abundant life that God has put in us. Blessings from Zion is what he's saying. Zion's do represents the tribe of Judah. In that text I just read in, in, in the book of Psalm chapter 133, when you see the word Zion, that do from Zion represents the tribe of Judah, which was supposed to be a blessing unto God, his praise. It was supposed to be his praise that allowed other people to become contaminated with praise because they saw a tribe of people praising God and it was it was the anointing of God that was on them that caused them to praise God for who he was and what he was doing for them. And it just kind of ran down on the rest of the people in the house and became a blessing to them. And that's what God wants today. Don't care what's going on. We still have to maintain our focus. We should be a unified voice crying out to God. 
Not you over there saying that, you over there saying that. But if we're going to be together, then God want to command blessings right there, even life forevermore. Not only for us. It can't just stay with us. It just can't be contained with us. We're supposed to be speaking blessings at family members, friends, praying for those who persecute us, wanting God to bless them so that we can see more of what we saw last night, more of what we're going to see tonight for the rest of this week, and more of what we're going to see in the future. We speak those things that be not as though they are. Right now, we speak in unity. We're speaking leadership right now. Unified leadership. On the other hand, Hermes do represents uh, all the other tribes such as Asher, Ephraim, Manasseh, Zebulon, Iskar, and as we read in the book of Second Chronicles, uh, chapter 30, verses 11, 18, 25, and 26 of the King James Bible, you will see a reference made here of what it meant when it talked about uh, that uh, Herman's dude that ran down. It was actually talking about the unifying presence of God like dude that brought all those tribes together on one accord and they began to worship God. You know, that, that's, that's the symbology he's, he's representing there. You know, it was the the, the do was the unity, the, them being unified, you know, united, you know, all those tribes worship God. And that was that was that do he was talking about. You know, he was talking about that spiritual residue, you know, that got on them, brought all of them together and they began to worship God. And he said it was such a beautiful thing that it caused God to command a blessing on those tribes right there. And you can read that in the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 30, verses 11, 18, 25 and 26. So. It's ideal. The ideal here is not to focus on what the do is doing from Hermon to Zion, but on the uniting of everyone as the do descended. You know, that's what God wants to see. This was descriptive of a blessing from Zion, a blessing from God right down through Zion, right down through us who represent Zion, right down through the church. And I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about us. Two or three gathered together in his name. Just like the blessing from Zion in the book of Psalms 134. Listen at this right here in the book of Psalms 134. He says, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. So he's talking about everybody in the house. Number, uh, verse 2, he says, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Verse 3, The Lord that made heaven and earth Bless thee out of Zion. The Lord want to bless the heavens and the earth, the whole world, America, every other nation, tongue and tribe out of Zion. In other words, we're supposed to be the ones that the anointing of God has come down from heaven on us to be a blessing to the world. Bless us to be a blessing. He told Abraham, I'm going to use you, Abraham, to bless other nations. And that blessing is inherently ours. We've inherited that blessing. But how many people are we blessing? Do we even pray for anybody to be blessed besides ourselves? You know, and he goes on to say, you know, uh, over in the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 24, verses 4 to 15, the King James Bible. Listen to this. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in the uh, diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrow. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, 
and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake, and then shall many be offended, and they shall betray one another, and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise, and many shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. And he's saying, whosoever read this, shall let them understand. Okay. There is so much <coughs> work going on out there right now to do one thing, y'all, to divide and to conquer. You know. Using hate mongering, fear mongering, every conceivable thing that they could possibly use, the spirit of control, <coughs> lying, cheating, all these abominations and desolations, all this spiritual wickedness in high places. It is to divide and use that against us to destroy each other. When God is saying, no, I'm not commanding any blessings. There is an indictment on America and the world right now for that very reason where God is trying to unify and bring us together to be one voice, you got leaders out there that are trying to divide us. And he said there is an absence of the unifying leadership that God desires. And when there is no leadership and no vision, there can be no unity, only more division. But don't be deceived. This is going to bring a lot of sorrow to a lot of people, but don't be deceived, God said. He marked. God is going to have his way in the end. If you see what's going on right now, you got to have eyes to see it. I saw it last night. I heard it. I heard it. I heard the leadership that I've been looking for and praying for. I saw the unity myself. I saw Democrats and Republicans, black and white, brown and yellow skinned people, men and women. It didn't matter. Gays and straight. I saw all these people coming together on a one umbrella talking about the one man that they believe God has called for this hour to provide leadership and his running mate. And as much difference as they had a few months ago when they was running against each other after each other's throat, you tell me God wasn't the one that came in there, man, and removed that thing that divided them and now got them working together. Man don't do that. God is doing that. And it's for the sake of his people. And it has bought and mustered a whole bunch of other people, man, that's right now embracing that spirit of unity because it's becoming contagious in our government, in our politics. Goes on to say in the book of Mark, chapter 13, uh, verses 10 through 13, the King James Bible. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. And I heard Michelle Obama last night giving reference to God, quoting scripture. I heard of several other people coming on the last night giving reverence to God and talking about scripture and talking about God is not pleased with what we're doing in this nation right now. Come on, somebody. This is what we've been praying for. We've had clergy to go to the White House and never talk like that. Now you've got some other people that God is raising up and giving them a voice. And they're promoting the spirit of unity. They're, they're promoting how much more power we can be if we come together as one. <laughs> Sound like God to me. One body, one faith, many members. You know, God is taking the foolishness of this world, the foolishness of man, and he's confining the wise. Those who are wise enough to know it ain't about my party affiliation no more. It's about my conscience, you know. You know, it's about I got to face God one day. It's about my conviction. You know. It's about how much more better I can be. You know, by coming together. 
you know, because one can put a thousand to ten thousand. We're better together than we are divided. And he goes on to say there, this is the gospel the Lord won't preach to every nation. And when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought be beforehand what ye shall speak. Neither do ye premeditate, but whatsoever ye shall, shall be given you at that hour, that speak ye, for it is not you that speak. It wasn't them people that were speaking last night. It was God, I believe, was speaking to them because the message was about unity and leadership. And you're going to hear some more about it tonight. But it's the Holy Ghost, I believe, speaking in this hour. Now the brother shall betray the brother to, uh, to death and the father, the son and the children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of men. My God, for my name's sake. But he says he shall he that shall endure unto the end. The same shall be saved. All these things we're seeing right now, famine turning on famine. This, this leadership that we have right now, the lack thereof, has caused division and famines and homes. People turn against each other. All these things we're seeing right now in the fix is leadership in unity that will unify themselves like that dew coming down. All those tribes became one because God began to send that anointing down on his priest Aaron. And it went right on down on everybody else. And when Aaron stood, he told them what thus said the Lord. Moses told them what thus said the Lord. And a lot of Pharaoh's followers came out with those Egyptians because they saw the power of God. Even Pharaoh admitted, man, your God is an awesome God. Your God is powerful. You know, but he had too much pride. He did not want to come out with a lot of those Egyptians who came out. They gave them their gold. You know, they, they man, they would have did anything, man. You know, anything. You know, to be a part of what God was doing. That's what's taking place right now in this country. God is turning this thing around and he's taking the very foolishness that's going on in this world right now. And he's confining people, changing their hearts, changing their minds. And they don't want to any longer go along with stuff, man, that they know is not of God. They're tired of that indictment. It's bothering their conscience. They're divided against their own conscience. And I heard that last night. Yeah, I voted for him. I wish I could take it back. See, that conscience is separating them. It's dividing them. It's convicting them. And they're seeing, man, how these, these people that are, on the, that, that are opposing them, how they, want, how they want to be unified, how they want to bring people together. Sound more like God to me than, 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 than anything else. So we got a couple more minutes here. In the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 17 through 18, the King James Bible says this, But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and a house divided against the house falleth. If Satan also divided is divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye say that I cast out devils through Bezalel. Now, this is an accusation we made about Jesus. Now, Jesus is working in the earth right now to bring people together. But check this out. It says, you know, if Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? We, it ain't going to stand. We see that right now because he's divided against himself. Let me put it this way so you can understand in layman terms. The Republican Party right now is divided against itself. And there have been some instances where the Democratic Party is divided against itself. But they're coming together now. They're beginning to see leadership. And they're beginning to see that leadership unified where you've got an older man and a younger woman, a black American woman and a white man coming together. First time history being made, but there have been many, many prayers that are prayed that we'll ignore these racial divides 
and come together and become uh, our better selves. And that's what's taking place. And God is commanding blessings and even life there forevermore because he's giving people hope. He's restoring people. They're finally seeing we can rally around this leadership. We can vote for this leadership. We can give them a chance. There's something different about this. The one thing they can't deny is that, that, that there's no unity there. There's unity there. It's powerful. It causes God to react by commanding blessings on this ticket. And I believe this with all my heart. And there's leadership now being birthed. There's leadership now. You know, people want to come and support this now. They raised $26 million, man, the first hour or so. That's because people are seeing leadership. People ain't going to spend their money on no leadership. They spend their money on leadership because leadership brings hope. It brings opportunity, a chance. And people are beginning to live again. They're beginning to come alive again. Remember, God, unity, man, brings life into the, into the people. You know, through the through Zion, through 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 God's anointed people, not the building called the church, but God's anointed people that make up the church. You know, look at what he's saying there, man. You know, he talks about what happens to a place that's divided against itself. You know, all of this we're seeing right now, families broken, turn against each other, you know. And he goes on to say in the book of Luke, chapter 21, verse 16 and 17, 19, the King James Bible. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinfolks and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair on your head perish. In your patience, it says, uh, in your patience, possess ye your soul. Be patient. Wait on God. We've been waiting on him, praying for him. Wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord are going to renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run and not be weary. They're going to walk and they will not faint. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Just because some things have been delayed right now for about three years, it has not been denied. God has just been waiting to see what we were going to do. And what we're doing is we're unifying. There are some people out there right now understand that if we come together as one, we attract the favor of God. We attract the blessings of God. And no man, an island by himself, divided against himself, everybody else divided against themselves, can stand. It's going to lead a lot of folks in the ditch, all going to fall in the ditch, and all of them are going to perish and be destroyed. That's where we're heading if we continue this course. But thank God I saw a glimmer of light last night for a new direction. I saw a spirit of unity that became contagious last night. <coughs> And it's stirring up some stuff right now in the land. So you're either going to get on board or you're going to be more divided. And that's good. Because if you continue down that path, we know where it's going to lead. But it is time for a new direction, a new restoration, a new change in this country. And God is bringing it to be. He's bringing it to pass. He said he was going to do it in these last days. The least of them was going to become the greatest of them. And the greatest of them was going to become the least of them. He said, I'll take one up and bring one down. You know, and we seeing it taking place and shaping up right now. Uh, you know, uh, George Washington Carver, who was a great scholar, he said this. He said, where there is no vision, there is no hope. Uh, you know, wonder where he learned such words of wisdom. Uh, over in the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 18, the King James Bible, we move to close. He said this, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. See, you got people who think they're above the law, you know, and they ain't happy. 
because they're not keeping the law. They're divided against the law. We have constitutional law. They've divided themselves and they're trying to destroy that, you know, and trying to get everybody else to be divided against it, that it don't apply to them. You can do whatever you want to do and nobody's going to do anything about it. And God has, I believe, had enough. Where, uh, let's look at a, a, a definition of unity. Unity is defined as this, a whole or a totality as combining all its parts into one. The state or fact of being unified or combined into one as of uh, the parts of a whole, unification, absence of diversity or division, unvaried or uniform character, oneness of mind, feelings, all got to feel the same thing, etc., etc., as among a number of persons, concord, harmony, or agreement. That's what I saw on that stage last night. That's what I saw in all those speakers last night. That's what I've seen in the aftermath as they debate what's going on in this country. It's God's hand on it. You know, he's doing it for the sake of his people. It's so important that we have unity. Unity is needed for our survival. And as we walk, uh, as we all walk in unity, it protects us from all the evil doings out there. Hence, we the people should help each other. And together we should fight and face the evils and the negative things all around us, all the darkness. When we come together, we stand only then and we get freedom from all kinds of negativity. That's what unity does. It's one of the strongest powers our nation possesses. It is that power of unity. You know, where there is unity, there is always victory. Where there is unity, there is always strength. Because one can put a thousand to fight and two ten thousand. And if any, uh, uh, any of you uh, have a chance, you know, to watch what's going on on that stage, I believe it'll feed your faith if you just take a look at it and just see what God is doing. I believe it'll have the same impact on you that it had on me last night. You know, over in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 29, verse through 30, King James Bible, as I prepare to close, it says, Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. How should one chase a thousand and two ten thousand to flight? Except their rock, capital rock there, had sold them and the Lord that shut them up. See, what you got to understand is God got us shut up. Weapons may be formed against us, may come near us. But remember what he told Peter on this rock. You know, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know. And as we become one together, as we become strengthened, unity brings us onto that that foundation where there's strength in numbers. You know, when we all become one voice, crying out to him, rightly, knitly, fitly, join together in unity, you know. Leadership is like leadership is birth right then and there. When, when everybody comes together, bam, leadership takes place. Because nobody's out to try to get anybody, outdo anybody. Everybody, man, has got the same cause that's greater than themselves. Everybody want everybody to win. It's win-win for everybody. And that's what he's saying there. Book of Romans chapter 12, verse 3 to 5, as I close, King James Bible says this. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one member 
uh, one of another. Okay. Uh, also, another passage in the book of Corinthians says this. It says, but all these worketh that one in the self-same spirit, uh, said dividing to every man uh, severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body. Uh, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we all are baptized in the one body, whether we be Jews, Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not the, of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where, where, then where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? But now has God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. That's important. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more these members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. That's what we got going on out here right now. Somebody's paying attention. It's necessary to have these feeble people because God said you can always have the poor with you, but they got to be taken care of. And that's what I love about what's taking place right now as we come together. And those members of the body, which ye think to be less honorable upon these, we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness for our comely parts have no need. But God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which is lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. I saw that last night. Now we are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, all all say are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers are all workers of miracles have all the gifts of healing do all speak with tongues do all interpret but covet earnestly the best gifts and yet shew I unto you a more excellent way he's saying beyond all the gifts and all that which is what everybody chasing after right now you still got poor people feeble people needy people that need leadership and unity is what's going to provide that leadership. And that's what I saw last night. That's the gift he wants us to covet. It's coming together. Unity and leadership will heal this nation, will put us back on the right track. All right, then. Well, I went over a few minutes. I'm going to end right there. Hopefully you got something out of the lesson tonight. Amen. Much more I want to say about it, but I'm going to stop right there for the sake of time. We'll pick it up next week. Talking about unity and leadership is what makes every nation great. Don't care who you are, where you're located. All right, then. Well, we're going to end right there tonight. Again, like I said,